So one of my favorite Sundays of the year, it's Anointing Sunday. What is Anointing Sunday? If you're visiting with us and this is your first time in church, you're thinking this is the weird Sunday that I, I knew I was going to turn up to. It's not as weird as you think. Okay, to be anointed simply means um, to, we, we use anointing oil and we just, we're just going to pop it on your forehead, just declaring that you're anointed by God to do the work that he has called you to do. You know, in the Old Testament, uh, in the, the first half of the Bible, the priests and the, and the kings, they were anointed to do the work that they were called to do. Peter, when, when he spoke about it, he's, he said that we as the church, as the body of believers, we are the royal priesthood, which means that we are kings and we are priests which means that we, we, we lead in business and we, in our homes and our families and, and leadership roles, but we also minister the, the gospel and the truth and the mercy of God's grace as priests in our, in our household and uh, in, our, in our workplace. And so we believe that God has anointed each one of us to do the work of the ministry. We're all called to be ministers of Christ. We're not all called to be pastors, but we're all called to be ministers of the gospel. We're all called to be ministers of God's grace and his love. And, and I want to encourage you today as you are anointed, may you find strength, may you find purpose, and may you find clarity in the vision God's given you for this year. 2019 has started off incredibly well. I don't know if you had tough days. I have. I've had a couple of tough days in 2019, but man, I'm so excited about all that's happening and hearing the testimonies and the stories of what God is doing 2019 is just going to get better. This morning I want to share from Luke chapter 4. And we're going to read about how Jesus was called into ministry. There was a point in his life where, where God says, now it's time. And at that point he went to John who was baptizing people in the river. John the Baptist who baptized people, hence how he got his name. He was baptizing people and Jesus approaches him and Jesus says, I want you to baptize me, John. And John's like, I can't baptize you you should baptize me. But Jesus says, I want you to do it because it's right. It's the right thing to do because there's going to be thousands and millions and billions of people that will come in years to come that follow a process of repentance and baptism. And I'm setting an example in everything I do. So Jesus was, was, was baptized. When he was baptized, the Holy Spirit led him out into the wilderness. And we're going to pick it up as Jesus returns, because he went into the wilderness and he was tested. You know, the, the Holy Spirit is with us. When we have the Holy Spirit in our life, it doesn't mean that our problems disappear. Come on. Uh, I don't know any Christian that doesn't face challenges or problems. You, you, you don't sign up to be a, a follower of Jesus and all your problems disappear. The difference is your problems are still there like they were before, but now you have wisdom. Now you have power. Now you have the, the power of the Holy Spirit in your life to be able to walk through those challenges and to find strength in the journey. So we're going to pick it up in verse 14 because something's happened. Jesus was led out by the Holy Spirit. But we read in verse 14, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. There's something about a trial, a testing that builds a power and a strength in our lives. And Jesus came back in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He was trending. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. What's the synagogue? The temple or the church, like we're meeting here today. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And rolling it, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. 
He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I don't know about you, but that's a bit of good news right there. I'm not sure how you can listen quietly to that. That's good news. Anyone kind of, kind of felt some, some freedom when God came and changed your life? But he's saying the spirit of the Lord is on him and the spirit of the Lord is on me also. That's a promise we can claim for ourselves. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I want to read another few verses out of Matthew. Matthew 11, 28 to 20, 30. It says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Would you pray with me this morning as we understand the anointing that God has for me and for you and for us as a church in 2019? Thank you, God, that we have this promise that the, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon us. You've anointed us, anointed us to bring change, to bring breakthrough, to set the captives free, to bring sight to the blind. Lord, I thank you that you've anointed me to do that. You've anointed us to do that. May we step out this year with a new sense of confidence and purpose, knowing that you're with us and you're leading us into every step we take. In Jesus' name, amen. Any primary school parents, uh, parents of primary school kids, give me a wave. Bless you. <laughs> the last week of the school holidays is the week I dread the most. Because it's the moment where my daughter will come to me and say, Dad, have you Duracell my books yet? If you don't know what Duracell is, it is the stickiest substance on earth that has a mind of its own that rolls up and sits on top of itself and is impossible to separate. Why Duracell? It makes common sense to me, doesn't it? You buy a 60-cent exercise book and cover it in $2 of plastic, which is not even good for the environment. So much pressure put on. And, and there's, there's, there's about a 1,000 books or something that you got to Duracell in this week before. So I'm hoping Rosie's just forgotten about it. But no, Dad, have you Duracell my books yet? Working on it. So Amy and I, we get into the Duracelling process, and we've got all the tools. We've got rulers and spatulas, and I think we even pulled out a pallet knife at one stage because the idea is to get it smooth. No bubbles, no ripples. After about the third one, we thought smooth is so last year. Seriously. Rippled and textured. Yeah, that's, that's the end thing, right? In fact, one was so rippled, it, would, it had created kind of like the spider web. I thought, this is cool. So I got a vivid and I started creating my own pattern to go with the texture. So, so we, were, we were kind of like, actually, I've got a video of Amy. No, I wouldn't do that, would I? Because I love her more than you. And I love my marriage too. <laughs> but we were, we were joking about it with, with another family of, uh, fortunately, the, their children have grown up. They don't want Duracell on their books so much. And, um, and we're, we're sharing a horror story. And, and they said, have you heard of Duracell to fit? I'm like, what is this? It's like, it, it, there's nothing that sticks. It just fits perfectly on the book. You just slip it in, slip it off. I'm going, this is amazing. How have I not heard about this incredible thing? 
No, no trying to stick it on or, or try to pull it off and re-stick it. It's like it's made to fit perfectly. Any, anyone ever tried to fit into a pair of jeans that, that has, <laughs> has had the unfortunate Christmas and New Year? I mean, I don't even need a belt right now, okay? My waist is holding these pants up. The belt's just kind of cosmetic. Well, what about the pair of shoes? You're like, I know I can get it in there. Come on, ladies. It's like it's the right fit. I'll make it fit. Not a chance. <laughs> Don't laugh too loudly. Come on, that's close to home for somebody here this morning. Oh, feel the anointing. <laughs> you ever had someone put something on you that didn't fit? You ever had somebody place an expectation on you that was not yours to carry? Anyone ever felt like they had to maintain a friendship that was toxic or a relationship that was toxic and you needed to get out of it, but you couldn't because there was this weight, there was this oppression on you? Ever had the, the weight of expectation of parents of what you'll do and your career and everything that you're called to do? And I mean, don't get me wrong. I think parents, we have to have things on our lives, on our children's lives that will help them. Bedtime's a good thing. You know, I don't want my kids to choose their bedtime because they, they'll be grumpy and tired. It'll be a write-off. I said to JJ, the seven S's of soccer, one of them is sustenance. All right, if you're not eating your vegetables, you'll get to 80 minutes in the Champions League final and they'll have to sub you. You won't get to finish the game. He's like, all right, give me that broccoli, Dad. I'm getting it down me. You know, sometimes, you know, you've got to tell your daughters that if they ever turn up with a boyfriend that supports Manchester City or Manchester United, they're out of the will. No. Maybe. You know, when David went and he fought Goliath, David was a young man in the Bible who, who went out and fought this, this massive giant. Everyone else in the army was afraid, but David said, me and God, we can take it. He turns up for the fight. He's got a stone in his sling. He's like, this is all I need, power of God, and I've got pretty good aim. Saul, who was the king, says, you can go fight Goliath, but you've got to wear my armor. So David tries on the armor, and it doesn't fit. No surprise. Tall was, Saul was tall. He was, he was a big man. David, it just didn't fit. In fact, it hindered him in his, in, in his task to, to take on Goliath. Sometimes we take on the expectation of other people and, dare I say it, ourselves. Sometimes it's not even anyone else. It's what we think we're supposed to do because we are perpetual people pleasers. Can I get an amen to that one? We want people to like us. It's quite a natural thing. But in wanting people to like us, we end up putting stuff on us that doesn't actually fit us and God never meant for us to carry. I believe in 2019 God's saying, come on. Let's put the right stuff on. Let's, let's find a Duracell fit. Let's find something that fits us right and walk that out with a new confidence and a sense of direction. When Jesus stood up to, to speak in this passage, he was developing a bit of a reputation. You know, signs and wonders were following him. They, you know, he was doing incredible things. And people were, people were saying, is this the guy? Is this the Messiah? Is this the one that we've been hearing about, that we've been waiting for for these centuries? Is this him? A lot of pressure potentially for Jesus to take on. But this is what he said. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me 
to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Two things we need to know this morning. Number one, God's anointing will allow you to proclaim his purpose. God's anointing will allow you to proclaim his purpose. Now, I've read this passage many, many times over my my journey with God. And there was something that jumped out at me that was so obvious, so clear in there in front of me. And maybe it's because of the series we've been doing, Mountain Movers, that we're to pray first. And then we trust and obey as God asks us to take steps, that we're to be front foot in our approach. But I said, God specializes in the impossible, so we don't have to. Sometimes I think I've got to move the mountain. And God says, no, you need to pray. You need to trust and obey. And you watch me move the mountain because that's my job. It's not your job, Mike, to move the mountain. Just pray and trust and obey. But what I'm reading here is that that God's spirit is on me to do what? To proclaim. To proclaim. Proclaim good news to the poor. Proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Proclaim recovery of sight to the blind. To set the oppressed free. Proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. We can't work miracles, but he can. I'm not that great, but I serve a great God. There's not much of God, but he's got everything. And if I put my hope and trust in him and I walk in obedience, guess what? Mountains get moved. I believe it's time for us to proclaim. Proclaim over our friends, over our families, over our business, over our situation, the Lord's favor. Our words have great power. Proverbs eighteen twenty one, It says the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. What fruit do we eat? Well, whatever we speak. Do we, do we speak life? If we do, people will get to eat that fruit. They'll enjoy the fruit that comes out of our mouth if we speak death. We'll destroy, we'll tear down, we'll pull apart. I notice there aren't three options. There's not a kind of maybe gray middle somewhere. It's life or death. It's one or the other. Uh, if we did a quick audit on our, on our words from yesterday. You know, guys, 5,000 words and ladies, 75,000 words. That's what studies say, apparently. How many of them build life? How many of them bring death? Come on, are we guilty maybe of, of, of speaking death instead of life? And if we are, don't sweat it. Don't get condemned or feel judged about it. Just say, God, I'm going to change my language. From today moving forward, I'm going to speak life instead of death. I'm going to speak positive. And you know what? If I haven't got anything good to say, just like Mama said, don't say it at all. Or take that to prayer. Remember, we're allowed to complain to God. It's called prayer. God, I'm really struggling today. I'm having a horrible day. And then let God turn that prayer around to praise. I've got some bad news. That's not bad news. That's just an opportunity for God to work a miracle in your life. Isn't that right? You know, we're going we're gonna to stand here and probably in a couple of weeks and go, you know what? God moved that mountain. And we're going to start to proclaim. We're going to start to declare, just like you guys did, that statement of faith this morning. That statement of faith, that's going to move that mountain. God's going to say, I got it. You leave it with me. Pray, trust, and obey, and God will move those mountains. What does it mean to proclaim? It means to announce officially and publicly. Come on, it's out of our head and out of our mouth. 
Sometimes we think it, but God said, I want you to publicly declare some things. I want you to speak it into your relationships. I want you to speak it into your families. I want, to, I want you to speak it into your workplace. It means to indicate clearly. What have you proclaimed over 2019 already? Uh, it's been a horrible start to the year. Hmm? Uh, even worse than last year. Well, great. You are going to have a fantastic 2019. I'm not talking a prosperity gospel. I'm not talking you name it and claim it, grab it, blab it and grab it. You know, I'm talking a proclaiming the things that God is wanting to do. You know, if it honors God, if it blesses people, if it builds his kingdom, come on, let's proclaim those things over people's lives, over your life, over your family, that mountain that hasn't moved. Come on, it's time to speak to that mountain. And with the little faith we have, say, God, would you move that mountain in the name of Jesus? Jesus said we can proclaim good news to the poor, and yet so often we keep it to ourselves. Fear locks us up, and we don't want to share the good news of Jesus because somebody might not like what we have to say. And so we often will speak negative instead of bringing life. We're told we can proclaim freedom for the prisoners, but our words often they cut and they destroy. So after I can tear people apart with my words. I used to be really good at that. I'd use my wit, which I thought was a, a great thing to have. And, and I'd be able to tear people down. I used to tear Amy apart with my words. And go, that was awesome, Mike. Going, you're so clever. It's like, you're an idiot, Mike. You're destroying the one person you love the most with your words. Come on, we can proclaim life or death over a situation. Jesus said we can proclaim recovery of sight to the blind. Eyes that would see what God would see. But so often our words will speak, it's just not possible. Remember the man who had the son who the disciples couldn't cast out the demon. And, and, he, and he said, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. It was like he had this, this mountain of unbelief and this tiny little bit of belief. Come on, in 2019, I want to shift the balance. I, I want to have less unbelief and more belief. More faith, less doubt. And lean in and just believe and perhaps maybe, God, you're in this. What's the worst that could happen? You might honor God. You might bless some people and you might build his kingdom. You might fall flat on your face, but just get back up and give it another shot. I'd rather fall flat on my face than on my bottom, right? I'd rather lean forward and have a go been reading Job. Anyone read Job, the book of Job? It's a tough book to get through. I'll be honest. This is me being real. I wouldn't want those friends in my life. My world's falling apart and they turn up going, hey, Job, and tell him all the things he's doing wrong. How about a friend that would turn up and go, man, you are in the middle of the deepest, darkest valley you've ever been. In. I want to tell you I'm right with you. I want to tell you that as we walk through this valley together, as we get in a small group and we do life together, as, as we walk this journey through as hard as it is for you, I believe that God has got something great that's coming out of this, that this, this pain is going to turn into, into a triumph, that, that you're going to find victory out of this seeming defeat. Come on, we've got to begin to proclaim what God is wanting to do. We've got to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You know, tomorrow we start our 21 days of prayer as we pray for our church across the, the six campuses, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning at seven o'clock. 
And then our 5.15 on a Wednesday afternoon, we're meeting, praying together in our, in our um, Dream Team Central. I want to encourage you to come on out, be a part of that. If you can't do that, if those times don't work, just grab a couple of people, the people you're sitting with, and say, hey, let's get together sometime this week or in your small group. Pray. Let's develop a habit of prayer that says we're going to ask God for some things that we haven't asked him before. He's waiting for our ask. As the team come this morning, I've been watching these connect cards come in, 40 in the first week, 40 in the second week, 40 in the third week. How many more are coming in this week? Of mountains that people are believing are going to be moved. On our our Dream Team Central wall, there's, there's going to be two spaces. The first space is the mountains that we're believing to be moved, and then there's a space that's not very full at the moment. But I'm believing after 21 days, there's going to be mountains that are moved from here to here. Prayers answer prayers. I have so much faith to believe that, that the miracle that you're believing for, God knows it. He knows the desire of your heart. He knows what you're believing for. And if you would have faith, if you would pray, if you would trust and obey, speak to that mountain. We're going to see that mountain move from here to there. Second thing, and I close with this, God's anointing fits you perfectly. God's anointing fits you perfectly. Duracell, made to fit. Come on, fits you perfectly. Not too tall, not too short, not overbearing. It just sits on you. And it becomes a part of who you are. Flows out of you. God's spirit flows out of you because it's made to fit you. Matthew 11, Jesus says, don't put on a yoke that doesn't fit. He says, take my yoke. Jesus was a carpenter. I have this theory that Jesus' yokes were the best in town. I reckon people came from all over town to buy Jesus' yoke. It's like, man, you should hear about these yokes. They fit perfectly. The production you get from your oxen is so much greater than, 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 than that person's yoke. So often we think of a yoke and, and we think that it's a burden or it's, it's something that is, is placed as a weight on top of us. But Jesus is saying, you put my yoke upon you, I'll carry the weight for you. Come on, this is the Savior of the world who took my sin, took your sin, the world's sin for all of eternity. He took all of our sin on his shoulders and he stretched his arms out and he says, I've given this for you because I love you. And he's saying, you don't have to carry that burden anymore. There's some people carrying burdens that you're not supposed to carry. God is saying, I want you to let go of those burdens. I want you to give those things to me, those expectations that you or others have placed on you. I want you to live free. There's going to be a freedom in worship in the coming season. There's going to be a breaking out where we don't care anymore what anybody thinks. Because this freedom is available. But we've got to yoke ourselves to Him. Come on, there's some people that pray to prayer today. So I've got to get my life right with God. I don't have it all together. Cool. No worries. Join a very big club of people that don't have their lives together. But we are yoking ourselves to Jesus saying, You go, we'll get in step with you. His anointing fits. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. My friends, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord, as one version says, is upon you. Supreme or ultimate power. Come on, this is the one who when he said, let there be light, 
galaxies were formed. Come on. I'm talking galaxies were formed when God spoke. We think our problems are big. Come on, let's magnify God and our problems get minimized. The more we focus on God, the more we exalt Him. Everything that we're bothered about, everything that we're worried about comes into perspective because God is so much bigger than my stuff. But the cool thing is, He cares about my stuff. He cares about your stuff. He cares about the things that matter to you. And He says, now come, bring that stuff. You don't have to carry that. Just yoke yourself to me. Let's get in step. That anointing that fits perfectly because his anointing is enough. I believe it's time to proclaim. Proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And coming up this year, in April, we have Jay John, an evangelist from, from uh, over in the UK. An amazing speaker, really funny guy, sharing an incredible testimony of God's grace and God's goodness. We're hosting him here at Elam with all the other churches combined together. Over Easter, we're doing our big art exhibition as we, as we have last year, um, over the weekend, and we're, we're going to be having this place packed, Renew across the road, uh, joining with us. Renew is going to be a place, if you don't bring a Christian friend, you don't get to come here. But you can go over there and pray for every non-Christian person hearing the message of Jesus, because there won't be room in this place, because this place is going to be packed. So bring a friend out if you want to be here and hear him. We'll live stream, but if you want him live, you've got to bring a friend, all right? We might get pretty serious on this one, because it's not about you this time. It's not about me. We're not coming to do church for ourselves. We are coming with a friend. And I believe it's time to proclaim, and it might look a little bit like this. This is what I'm believing. 400 plus conversations happening in the next little while. Hey, you know how much God means to me. You know, I go to church every week. And maybe I've invited you before. Maybe I haven't. But we've got this thing coming up in Easter time. Could I pick you up, you and the family? Would you come? Would you come and hear a message that changed my life? Would you come and hear something that, that I believe will be the answer to all the challenges you're facing? Come on, give it a shot. What's the worst that can happen? Hey, buy them dinner afterwards if you've got it. 50 bucks? Come on, invest 50 bucks in somebody's salvation. No one will turn down a free feed afterwards. But come on, imagine what would happen if 40 people gave their lives to Christ. 40 families impacted. It's time to proclaim the favor of the Lord. Anyone excited about what God's doing? What He wants to do? Anybody ready to, to take some bold steps of faith and begin to proclaim in 2019? I want to pray over you, and then Amy's going to close our service. And we're going to invite you to come. Our local leadership team and our ministry team are going to pray over you, anoint you with oil for the ministry that God's called you to do this year. We're going to give you an opportunity to go and collect your children and bring them back and pray for you as a family. Thank you, God, that your spirit is upon us. Thank you that you've anointed us. You've given us anointing that fits us, free from expectation and burdens. God, I thank you that today is a day to proclaim. We proclaim. We speak it out. We speak it out in faith that these mountains will move. Salvation will take place. We declare it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Amy. I say amen to that. Awesome word. Thank you, honey. I love it. We're just going to close our service and our
beautiful worship team are going to minister to you and we invite you to come forward, invite you to go and get your fa- your children because we would love to pray for you as a family if you would like that or just come, 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 don't miss out on this amazing opportunity. And I would just love to encourage you at the uh, end of... Uh, just that this time, you just feel free to sit, stay, go and connect in the cafe. Uh, there will be our team on the door and they will have buckets to receive our tithes and offerings this morning. So I want to thank you for your generosity. You can also put in your connect card in there or in the drop box um, in the foyer. I would just love to pray a prayer of blessing upon you, my beautiful Elam Fano. May the Lord bless you. And may the Lord keep you. May the Lord watch over you and smile upon you this year and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and fill you with his peace. I declare over our church family, oh Lord, that the sovereign Lord has anointed us to be proclaimers of your good news, of your gospel, of your freedom and your hope and your purpose that the brokenhearted would find wholeness and healing. And Lord, bless our people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So as our pastors, our ministry team, local leaders would like to come forward, please come forward in your time. Go and um, collect your children. And uh, we look forward to connecting with you in the cafe. May God bless you. And uh, that is the end of our service. Thank you. Can't go back to the beginning Can't control what tomorrow will bring But I know here in the middle Is the place that you promised to be Not enough Unless you come Will you meet me here again? Cause all I want Is all you are Will you meet me here